DW. Trawana Wildlife Sanctuary is about three hours' drive from Tasmania's capital Hobart. The centre is owned and run by Andrew Kelly and is mostly focused on the protection and rearing of a unique native species, the Tasmanian devil. Tasmanian devils are a unique looking animal, a stocky body, shorter legs, huge buff head, stiff tail, bright red ears, a jaw gape 20% more than the dog or any other carnivore huge amount of whiskers or array of vibrissae around not just their muzzle but also their eyebrows and their chin to the ground so they've almost got like a complete radar system around their head but you can talk for yourself can't you really oh, she's just chatting away how relaxed is that with black fur, sharp pointed teeth and long dark whiskers, the Tasmanian devil is the largest carnivorous marsupial in the world. Its bite force in relation to its body is about as strong as a tiger's. The Tasmanian devil is now only found in the wild in Tasmania, but it used to be native to mainland Australia too. It eats insects and small animals, but it's mostly a scavenger, feeding on decaying flesh. They are hyperactive and curious animals, and their ears turn red when they're excited. Oof, oof. That's their friendly sound. Oof, oof. For a long time, Tasmanian devils had a bad reputation. That's probably understandable if you've ever had the chance to hear the disturbing screeching sounds they make in the middle of the night. But Andrew Kelly assures us there's nothing to fear about this devil. That's just good morning. They've got a range of vocal sounds. Even when they talk like that, quite calm and relaxed, it sounds all growly and snarly and growly to us. But it's not at all. You can see she's totally relaxed. At the beginning of the 19th century, British colonialists, afraid of the nocturnal screeches of the Tasmanian devil, considered them pesky chicken thieves. So they trapped and poisoned them. The Tasmanian devil has been officially protected since 1941. Driven by his love of animals and nature, Andrew Kelly founded the Trawana Sanctuary in northern Tasmania back in 1979. Surrounded by eucalyptus forest and pasture, here they have about 37 football fields of land to themselves. Now that the species is endangered, this space is even more important, says Andrew. The first physical case of a Tasmanian devil having that devil facial tumour disease came about in 2003 from the east coast in an area not far from Freycinet Peninsula. In 1996, the first known Tasmanian devil affected by this type of facial cancer was photographed and diagnosed in the state's northeast. It is now known as devil facial tumour disease. The cancer leaves the animals horribly disfigured. Many die in agony from starvation, unable to eat because of the ulcers in their mouth and throat. So then there was a cytogeneticist oncologist by the name of Anne-Marie Pierce who discovered in 2005 that in fact this gross tumours on the face of a Tasmanian devil was caused by the implanting of a cell from another devil. That is when it was discovered that the first time this is actually a transmissible tumour. In devil facial tumour disease, the cancer spreads from one animal to the next through biting. 
Normally, cancer cells only spread within the body and new metastases grow in the lungs, brain, liver or bones. But devil facial tumour disease is an exception to this rule. It is contagious, but only within the species itself. People or other animal species who are bitten are not at risk, explains Anne van der Bruggen, a ranger and biologist at the Devils at Cradle Wildlife Sanctuary. The tumour disease is unfortunately a contagious cancer that we've seen spread yeah, through the population right. in the last 20 years or so, and that has wiped out 80 to 90% of the population, yeah, so critically yeah. endangered species. We work together here with lots of other wildlife parks and zoos, the government as well, as part of a breeding program. Would you like to give them a pat as well? Mm. <laughs> Very fluffy. Um, he's a little bit grumpy at the moment. The Tasmanian devil population is closely monitored and researched. This is the only way to track the spread of the disease and notable changes in the population. Wildlife parks like Devils at Cradle and Trawana are dedicated to breeding healthy devils. Both have had success with releasing healthy animals into the wild. Their efforts are part of the Save the Tasmanian Devil program. There are also a number of breeding programs in zoos on mainland Australia. Today, around 800 Tasmanian devils are kept in captivity to maintain a healthy population. Now We house over 50 devils here as part of the 800. The idea is there that we have a backup population for the species. So if devils would become extinct, that chance is still there, we can start again with the captive devils that we have. Uh, we hope it doesn't come that far. Ideally, we will find a cure before then, but we do need to have a safeguard for their future. And that's what we are part of, so we focus on breeding mainly. In Europe, breeding programs like these are still considered controversial. Even well into the 20th century, the living conditions in many zoos were so bad that animals developed behavioural disorders, and many didn't survive for long. For that reason, zoos are still treated with suspicion today, and there is also the fear that the behaviour of people is endangering the survival of animals in their natural environment. But Anne van der Bruggen is confident that the Tasmanian Devil Breeding Program is the best way to save the species. I suppose the problems with devils, you know, you have roadkill, feral cats and things, these issues are still there. It is always a bit of a question, are we doing the right thing, releasing them, can they survive? But from our experience here, that has been very successful. The breeding as well, it's, it's to make sure that we have a future with this species as well. Scientists are currently working on a vaccine to combat devil facial tumour disease. Rescue schemes have been launched. Every souvenir shop in Tasmania sells small plush devils and encourages people to make a contribution towards saving the species. Australian researchers are also looking abroad for breeding support. In Europe, we have a very strong Tasmanian devil managed program. There's a breeding program going on at uh, Copenhagen Zoo. Due to Copenhagen's unique situation of having given animals as a gift back in 2006, the beginning of this program, they have developed an amazing devil facility at Copenhagen Zoo and have started to breed successfully. They've now got some other zoos in Europe. There's Duisburg in Germany, there's uh, Plunkendale, I think, in Belgium, and there's Budapest, I think. Andrew Kelly has an idea as to how devil facial tumour disease developed. Around the turn of the millennium, Tasmania experienced a lot of rainfall. Herbivores such as wombats, wallabies and kangaroos multiplied rapidly. And so did the Tasmanian devils, who mainly fed on their carcasses. Then the drought came. 
then what happens, suddenly there's not that food source available, there's more agonistic behaviour and aggressive behaviour between the devils, causes a lot of stress. A lot of stress, the population's under stress. Now what happens when we're under a lot of stress? We're open to a weakened immune system, etc. So that's what possibly has occurred. This disease has kicked into the population as a population control mechanism. And I'm hoping that's what they'll find out in the longer term. Researchers have artificially infected otherwise healthy devils with the disease. These animals didn't develop any tumour cells. There is some hope then that the Tasmanian devil will be able to survive on its own without the help of breeding programs and vaccines. In 2016, researchers reported in the Nature Communications Journal that the devils may have developed their own weapon. They discovered certain genetic traits in members of several populations, which provided the animals with natural resistance. Andrew Kelly says it's an example of a rapid evolutionary response to the spread of a new deadly disease. The population, which is part of a long-term study by uh, Mena Jones and Rodrigo Hamade, they've discovered a devil that had resistance to the disease. They trapped, had the tumour, let it go, retrapped it three months later and it was clear of the disease. So they've published a paper on this. They've published a paper also revealing that, of course, the Tasmanian devil and the disease are evolving. That's very good news because what it tells us is the disease won't lead to the extinction of the species. There's another glimmer of hope for the devils, this time from the other side of the world in Wales. In 2019, a team of Welsh scientists used computer simulations to show how the cancer could slowly disappear from the population. But Andrew Kelly is also determined to improve the species' unfairly tarnished reputation. Contrary to their name, Tasmanian devils are actually quite peaceful. They are able to live happily together but often live solitary lives and avoid confrontation. Except during mealtimes when it's every devil for themselves. But I believe part of the role of Trawana in taking on 40 years ago was to demyth that myth and to see and explain and show the other side of the Tasmanian devil, which is a very shy, timid, sensitive animal. They are confrontation avoidance specialists. And I don't think it almost sadly took for this devil facial tumour disease to affect the animal in the wild and to see the plight of the Tasmanian devil suffering from such a horribly visual disease that started to turn people around a bit and um, start to realise, hang on, our identity is linked with that animal. DW